yesterday, today, and forever. He he don't change. Going into 2020, what he wrote, what we what we read in his word about him is the same. When we was going into 2019, it was the same. Yeah. Right. Everything about him uh, uh, is the same from one year to the next, and that's a good thing, right? Now, the, thing, the whole thing about changing from one year to the next is that you, you what are you going to change? Are you going to get on board with what he said in, in 1938? <laughs> right? Are you going to be on board with what he said in 1857? When are you going to get on board with what he said? Right? And I think that, you know, 2020 is a good time for us to make up our mind that we're going to get on board with what the Lord said. Before we go any further into this, though, I want us to say some things. Because there's power in our saying. So let's stand up and let's make our morning confessions. And then we're going to go right into uh, what God gave uh, me for y'all this morning. Amen. All right. Amen. <clears throat> Father, I thank you in advance. Father, I thank you in advance. That I'm always changed. That I'm always changed. By my time spent in worship and in the word. By my time spent in worship and in the word. I am a believer. I am a believer. And not a doubter. And not a doubter. Therefore, Therefore all things are possible for me. All things are possible for me. I recognize. I recognize that it's not by my might. That it's not by my might. Nor by my power. Nor by my power. But by your spirit. But by your spirit. Working mightily in me. Working mightily in me. Which I overcome. Which I overcome. Any adversity. Any adversity. I may face on our journey. I may face on our journey. I am not afraid. I am not afraid of what sickness can do to me. Of what sickness can do to me. Because by your stripes. Because by your stripes. I am healed. I am healed. I'm not afraid. I'm not afraid of financial lack. Of financial lack. Because all my needs. Because all my needs are already met. Are already met. According to your riches and glory. According to your riches and glory. Therefore. Therefore. I live out of your pockets. I live out of your pockets. And not mine. Not mine. And I cannot be overcome. And I cannot be overcome by depression. By depression. Because you have gifted me. Because you have gifted me with your peace. With your peace that passes all understanding. That passes all understanding. And you won't take it back. And you won't take it back. I am an overcomer. I am an overcomer because you overcame. Because you overcame. And I cannot be stopped. And I cannot be stopped. And I won't be stopped. And I won't be stopped. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. Because you're a good. Because you're a good. Good father. Good father. You're a father to the fatherless. You're a father to the fatherless. And no one has to go fatherless. And no one has to go fatherless. Hallelujah. 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 Lord, we thank you this morning. We praise you yes. this morning for being a friend that sticks closer than a brother. We thank you for what you already, already done this morning. What you're about to do is already done. What you're about to do is already done. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Amen. 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 Are you staying? You going? Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. First, let's get an understanding what we are looking to do in here this morning. How many of y'all excited to see somebody in here this Sunday? <laughs> excited to see, hey, friends and church folk, we're excited to see folk we ain't seen in a long time. We're excited to see people. But we that's not the end reason why we come to church. That's right. right? Because I can do that at a book club meeting. 
or at the uh, country club. Yeah, I can do that at the restaurant. Family reunion, I can do that. So it's good that we, that we, we, we are here seeing the people, but that's not why we're here. We're here to, to come bring some worship to God, right? In the, in the form of our singing, all right? We showing up at the corporate thing. You say, well, I can do that at home by myself. Remember the corporate dynamic has changed when you're not there, right? So, uh, we come to, to bring some worship. We come to receive and to hear. In our meetings, our goal, what we use Sunday morning for, is a time to where we, uh, we, we, whoever's speaking will teach us something about God, will encourage us, will push us, will rebuke us about something that we need to be rebuked about. I want you to understand something. You need to be excited about rebuke. You need to be just as excited uh, or even more excited about rebuke as you are a blessing. Because a rebuke is, in fact, a blessing. When, so when rebuke literally means to correct, is it important to be rebuked or corrected when you get in your car and you headed somewhere and you go in the wrong direction? Do you need rebuke? I want quick rebuke because I'm wasting gas going in the wrong direction. So rebuke corrects you and puts you on the right path where you're supposed to be at. We should be excited when God breaks out the bill. Oh, I'm finna get a spanking by God. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, oh God's about to start spanking and you know what that means? Because I'm such a hard-headed child and I don't like to do it on my own. God's gonna fix me up so I can stop being stupid. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hey man, it's a way to look at it. Right? Because what happened to the little kid? Look, don't put your hand when when stuff's on the stove cooking, don't put your hand in that fire. You see? Oh, wait, wait a minute. I'm coming. Stop, stop, stop. Leave the little kid in the room by themselves. But see that pain and make you go for you. All you got to do is stick your hand in the fire one time. One time. How many is that one time? Man. One time. <laughs> one time, right? It's, it's strange how we can be corrected by pain. Yeah. One time. Ow. Oh, oh no. Don't do that. Don't be sticking forks and knives in the, in the socket. <laughs> we told you don't do that. Amen. Don't take off in my car. Listen, don't take off in my car. Get my keys and go driving in my car or in your, even the car that I bought for you when I'm not in there with you because we training you, teaching you how to drive. So you sneak in there when I'm not at home, get the keys and take off around the block in the car. Ah, <laughs> me too. I used to race my car around the block. My mom wouldn't be at home. I would race it. It was a standard shift. I raced that joker. I had no concept of speed limits and neighborhoods. It's just, it's, this is a race car. Toyota Corona race car. <laughs> right? That thing I'd run around that block practice, they told me to practice. <laughs> right? Right? So, but, so it's good when we get rebuked. It's good when we get corrected. So that's one of the things, one of the reasons that we get when we come to church. We come to learn. Hey Amen. It can be, you don't have to, you don't have to be at school. School ain't the only place to learn. As a matter of fact, the, the, the most important stuff you learn ought to be at your house. Right. So then uh, if we look back in a lot of historical environments, a lot of what we learn educationally was based out of what church people decided to do. 
Church people have made a huge impact on the world, right? In the areas of education and uh, civil rights and the whole nine, right? Church people start stuff. There's important things that happen in the church. So when we come again, we're looking to teach, we're looking to encourage, we're looking to rebuke if we have to. This morning, what we want to do is we want to learn some more about some dynamics in prayer going into 2020, right? Prayer is one of the least, it's almost like when you say prayer, there's an open-ended dryness on the other side after you say it. Prayer, hmm. Because you know... When you read the Bible, it's instant gratification. I'm going to learn something, I'm going to get something. Right? I'm going to understand something, I'm just going to be level excited. Prayer is left open-ended almost like what you think. I'm fixing to pray about this, and, you know, it might get answered, it might not. I'm going to walk out the room more than likely with, with no change, or so I think. Right? Prayer is one of them things. So when you start, it's one, prayer meetings are one of the least attended things. People don't like to go to the prayer meeting. Least attended because it's open-ended. What did we accomplish there? We came in and we prayed. Maybe even if the prophet gives a word, right? I got some hope, but it, it still ain't really no material change. When I come in here right now and, you know, the, the preacher, he's going to talk, and I'm going to leave out of there at least fired up for five minutes once I get out the door. Not the first sign of trouble. Whatever he said, or whatever I caught out of what he said, it might be going out the window because I don't have enough of it already in there that the devil came and snatched that little bit and ain't got no more in reserve. Prayer, or so we think, is a is an open-ended thing. I want to start off with this. I'm going to take another route, and I want to show us something about us. Early on in their training with Jesus, there was a time in Mark, it's recorded in Mark uh, chapter 4 and recorded also, I think it's in Matthew chapter 8, verse 27. But it was the time when the disciples got out there in that storm and it says that, matter of fact, let's go over there. Let's go to uh, Mark chapter 4, verse 35. Mark 4, 35. And we'll take our time this morning. Mark 4, 35. Help me, Lord. You got it up on the screen, Ashley? She do? Yeah. You're faster than me. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read what you put up. I'm gonna tell you what to put up, and I'm just gonna let you do it, okay? Mark four thirty five, we're gonna go all the way to forty one. It says, And the same day, when the even was come, he said unto them, Let's pass over to the other side. All right? So let's go back to that number thirty five. That's a good point. It says, uh, he saith unto them. Now, it's not with a capital H on there. Most times, some versions, when they talk about Jesus, they give a capital H, but this is Jesus, the he. He said unto them, let's pass over to the other side. So this is Jesus' idea to get into the boat and we're going to go across to the other side. This is not the disciples' idea. One of them say, my cousin them over there having a, a birthday party for Junebug, and we're going to, let's go over there. They got free barbecue. This is not the disciples' idea. This is Jesus. Jesus said, let's get in the boat and go to the other side. Somebody say, this is Jesus' idea. idea. All right, go to the next one. Verse 36. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as uh, he was in the ship. And there was also with them other little ships. They're making a journey at Jesus' request. And there arose a great storm of wind. And the waves beat on the ship 
so that it was now full. Alright, so Jesus telling us to go across the other side at Jesus' request, they run into a storm. This is Jesus' idea and we run into a storm. I thought all oh, God ideas don't have no storms. You mean to tell me that God will tell me to do something that leads me into a storm? No. I guess Jesus ain't what I thought he was. Uh-oh. Wrong conclusion. He's everything you thought he was. Watch this. So, so understand, Jesus said, let's go. At the request of Jesus, they get into a storm. Let me tell you something. When, at the leading of the Lord, when the Lord leads you somewhere, if you find yourself in a storm, he's going to get you out of it. At your own leading, you find yourself in a storm. You better have a relationship. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. It's storming and he's sleeping. He told us to go and to do, went to sleep. Got us in this mess and went to sleep. Where is God at? I mean, don't you see him in this mess? Sleep on a pillow and they wake him and say unto him, Jesus, don't you care about us, man? God! I'm doing your will and I'm in this mess. Don't you care about me? Ooh. Doesn't that sound familiar? Verse 39. And he arose and rebuked the wind. There it is. He corrected the wind. Stop that. He rebuked the wind and said, and, and, and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. So here's Jesus praying, expecting something to happen on the other side of his prayer. Well, this wasn't an open-ended situation. This was a Benny Hinn immediate gratification prayer meeting. As soon as he prayed, this shut down. Then he goes, turns to them. Verse 39. Verse 39. And he arose and he rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, peace be still. And they, they, that wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Verse 41. And they were they feared exceedingly and said one to another, What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? Needless to say that the disciples were impressed with this situation, with what, just, what had just happened. Not only were they impressed, they came out better on the other side of this situation. Because they learned in this instance that God sent them in a direction. The direction had uh, resistance, but God also saw them through the resistance. Right? What was this? This was a preparation for dealing with the devil. I'm going to send you down roads, and because the devil don't like me nor you, he's going to resist you, but I want you to understand if I send you down the road, I'm going to protect you and I'm going to deliver you. Amen. Amen. So this was practice. This was practice. So they said, verse 40, I think it was. Or verse 40, which one? Verse 41, go back. They said, and they feared exceedingly and said one to another, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea, they obey him. What manner of man is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? So in the beginning, they were fearful. They were shocked that, that, that this thing that Jesus had done. 
that Jesus had the power to speak to the wind and the sea and the wind and the sea obeyed him. But how is it then later on that we see the same fearful, amazed disciples doing the exact same things that Jesus did? Why did that happen? Because the one who had the power to speak to the wind and the sea came to live on the inside of them. Giving them now, changing the dynamic, giving them now the power to do the same. The one that had the power to speak to the wind and the sea came to live on the inside of them. Now they have the power to speak to things and things obey them. In the book of Acts, he told him, he said, I want you to go into this upper room. And he said, I want you to stay there until the promise of the Father. Let's go to Acts chapter 1, verse 4. Acts 1, 4. Acts chapter 1, verse 4. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, which saith he, ye have heard of me. So there is a promise that God had made to them that he wanted them to receive, that he said, don't leave until you get what God promised. So here's a situation where... God made a promise that they had to wait on. A situation that where God made a promise that they had to wait on. We sang the song. He's God. Fred hadn't made the song. He's God. He's God. We have to wait on something that God want to give us. God made us a promise that he want us to have. We still got to wait. We still got to wait. God made us a promise. He want us to have it, but we still got to wait. Even on something that he want us to have. But he's God. Can't we just get it right now? I told you that I was going to buy you that new video game. I'm promising you the video game, but you can't get it till Christmas. Yeah. It's different when coming to God, though. See, your mama tell you that. You don't give him a hard time about, can I get it right now? But the Lord tell you, I'm going to get it for you. But you got to wait till Christmas. When is Christmas? Shoot, they was up in that room waiting till Christmas. Not on December 25th. Now, I speak a lot of figurative. I'm not talking about December 25th. They had to wait. I'm promising the gift, but you got to wait. Why we can't get it right now? Hmm. The unanswered question. Why can't we get it right now? I'm going to try to help that this morning a little bit. So something God wanted to do for them, they couldn't get it immediately. Oftentimes, have you ever prayed and said, God, I need this right now? 
God might not come back and, you know, he just don't answer, but you're thinking he ain't going to do it. The Bible says that when you, when you ask God, believe you receive, you shall get it. It may not come in your chronological the way you want it, but it will show up in his kairos. Yes. Chronolog- chronos is God's, that's it's what we get chronological time. That's the timeline. That's like my clock, man. When church go in. Kairos time is God's perfect time. And that means at a point in this service, there's something that you're going to hear that's going to unlock something in you that's going to change you forever. At a certain point on your chronological timeline, there will be a perfect time where God's going to do something that's going to change you. It could be next Sunday. Adam's talking about waiting and talking about prayer. I want you to understand that Adam's authority was so concrete, so true, so accurate, and so real that he, he literally had the authority to give away the earth. When the devil came and tricked him like that, the God had gave the earth to Adam, and Adam had the power to give it away. And he did. That's why they called uh, the devil the prince of the power of the air, the prince of this world. And Jesus had to come and take it back from him. When he's telling Jesus, he says, if you bow down before me, I'll do all these things for you. They mine. I'll give them. He wasn't lying. But Jesus just understood. I don't have to ask you for them because I came to take them from you. Yes, sir. I come to take them back. The, you, I want you to understand the original investment that God made in the first man and his people. God said, I want you to even name the animals and whatever you call them, that's what they're going to be. God made an incredible investment in Adam. So to the point that from him and his wife, the Bible says that Eve is the mother of all living. Everybody came from them. God made an incredible investment in Adam. Huge investment. Just turn the volume down, mama. Made a huge investment in Adam. And I want you to understand something, that that investment that he made in man is still... Here and alive and strong to this day. Everything that happens in your life is not 100% up to God. Some of it's up to you. Some of it's up to your choice and what you do because God made us all free agents. You have the choice. You had the choice whether you'll come to church this morning. Some people chose, no, I'm not going to go. Some people chose, I am going to go. And what I want you to understand is, you also have choices whether you're going to pray and read your Bible or not. Right. Whether you're going to, what, what kind of relationship are you going to have with God? Am I going to have a close relationship with God or not? You decide whether you're going to have a close relationship with God or not. Yep. Am I going to, you know, am I going to read my Bible for five minutes a week, or five minutes an hour, or five minutes a day? You decide that. You decide that. And so when, you see somebody stand up and talk about how testify about their breakthrough and you say, well, God, why don't you do it for me? Well, you might be a five minute a week prayer type of person. That's right. And that's your choice. Because you've got so many other things that you, you, you want to be doing. They might be a five minute hour type of person. We have a part to play in what we receive from God. From God. Ephesians 320, I think that's right. Yeah. Now unto him who is able to do 
exceeding abundantly above all you can ask, think, or imagine, just because God do it like he do it. That ain't how the scripture is, is it? What's the end part of the scripture? According to the power that works in you. How much of the power of God are you allowing to work in you? Are you five minutes worth of power a week type of person? One time a church a month type of person? One time a church a week type of person? Or do you, do you seek the Lord out multiple times in a day? You determine how much of the power is going to be released through you. Amen. You determine, you control that. He ain't in control, it's God, he can do what he want to do. He wanted to do it like that. There you go. <laughs> he wanted to do it, he wanted to put the power in your hands. That's why he told him to go in that upper room and wait until the power came. Amen. Move into the new house and don't start trying to turn on no appliances until the power company come and switch on your power. Now how stupid is it for somebody, you just bought this new house or you, whatever, whether it's used, you moved into it, and you end up trying to plug in toasters and TVs and the electric people ain't cut on your stuff yet. <laughs> you don't do that. But you want to claim promises from God and you know ain't no power flowing through you. Ain't no power flowing through you, you don't got no relationship. But you want to talk about, see that's where they come with that whole naming and claiming don't work stuff from. Because you name it and you claim it and now it don't work because ain't no power running through you. That's right. But don't talk about the other person. Come on now. That they done been out. We unwrapping the boxes in the light, not by the cell phone light. Yeah. We got lights on. And ain't nobody shining no cell phone. The power is on. Yeah, amen. Don't, don't judge what's happening with them or say that God won't do what he did for them unless you're willing to do like they did. If you're not willing to do it like they did, don't be talking about what God won't do for you. You don't know what he will do for you if you don't do what they did. Yeah. You're speaking from a place of ignorance. And people like to do that. That's why social media is such a big hit. That's right. Because I don't have to be a qualified counselor to tell you about yourself and your stuff. <laughs> I don't need to have prayed or nothing to come and tell you what I would do in the situation. Well, you're a fool and you have no relationship with God. And so that's why you say what you say. And I shouldn't trust what you say. It's a whole different situation. Somebody got a relationship. Somebody got some power. Listen, you can go to one person and ask them to pray for you and they start stuttering. Are you sure it's me? You sent you to me, huh? Uh... The other person started laying hands, started speaking, and God immensely, immediately God come out of them. Because the power is on in them. You have to release the power, and you determine, you play a part in determining how much power you're releasing at a given time. Keep looking. I oh, can't say that, preacher. This guy's crazy. Oh, no, I'm not. What do we know about Daniel? What do we know about Daniel? We know that, I think the, the, the most famous thing about Daniel is they threw him in the lion's den. And they came back and after, after a while and he was still alive. Big cats in there purring and he's stroking their hair. Oh, is it time for me to get out already? We were just bonding. We were just beginning to bond. 
So you see, I think there was even a man some years ago, they put it on the news that he jumped over into a lion's thing at the zoo. And he was, he said it was because he had of Daniel in the book of Daniel. Oh yeah, but that, that lion, it didn't kill him, but it got him. And he very quickly knew that there was some kind of a difference between him and Daniel. And that lion hit him across that leg and ripped almost the clothes to shred. Thank God the lion was already full. That's the only way he came out of there. But he understood. I'm no Daniel in the lion's den. We know that Daniel got into the lion's den. We know that Daniel, they came back and he was alive. It's a great story. We put it in little kids' coloring books. It's fantastic. What we don't like to think about is, how did Daniel wind up in that lion's den? There was a strategic plan attack by the enemy to put him in that lion's den. Why did he survive the strategic plan attack in the lion's den? We also know about Daniel. That he prayed three times a day. So consistently that they knew that they could set him up with that. And he was so consistent at doing this brother prays like clockwork. He's not going to stop praying. Nothing we're going to do. We can get him with this because we know he prays three times a day. What they didn't understand was that that three times a day prayer was releasing the power of God into his life. They didn't know. They didn't understand it. See, they were surface people. They were Facebook people. Not that I got a Facebook account. You understand? I'm talking about them crazy Facebook people. They were crazy Facebook people with no revelation. But Daniel had that revelation. I, I, I don't just, I don't just pray three times a day because I want to. I don't just pray three times a day because I'm that spiritual. By the grace of God, I understand that I need to pray three times a day. Because I need access to the power of God. What do you mean, Daniel, you need access to the power of God? Doesn't everybody have access? Oh, no, I'm not saying everybody doesn't have access. I'm just saying everybody does not take advantage. Access and advantage, both of them start with an A, but they're two different words. (laughs) You got access, you just don't take advantage. I have to take advantage of my access. He went through a lot to give me access. So I must take advantage of my access. I need the power to flow through me. And the fruit of the power flowing through me is when they threw me into an impossible situation, which I should not have survived. Not only did I survive, but they write stories about the way I survived. Yeah. Because I took advantage of my access. That's the difference in somebody coming to church and sit down and fellowship and leave out and say, that's all I knew when we was kids. When we left out of church, people said, wasn't church good today? It was good. And I'm thinking to myself, yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Wasn't really my cup of tea. You know, this whole situation, I don't like this tight shirt I got on. These shoes don't fit no more and these pants, I don't like the way I look. I'd never wear this nowhere else. But you put me in this costume and bring me to church. I guess it was okay. But really, I couldn't stop thinking about how tight my shoes were. And how bad I look. 
I love my grandma, but you can't really style me. You can't pick my units. That's why as soon as I got to a certain point, you don't pick my clothes no more. Because I like to make myself look how I want to look. Bet that. So that's what I got from church when I was a kid. Wasn't it good today? Didn't they sing good? Yeah, some, some gift and some talent right there. They sung and everybody clapped. But the same person singing, they had such a party getting drunk. So even though I'm a youngster, I'm still confused about exactly what's supposed to be happening in this gathering and the people that's putting it on. So far, I don't like my clothes. My shoes is too tight. The chick that was singing is also a lush, right? She got she got some drinking problems and don't want to do nothing with that. And she's up there singing and preaching to me. It's different. She got a problem. You got, listen, you got certain problems. It's not to take up there. When I had alcohol problems, I wasn't in here preaching. Certain issues you don't take in the pulpit. So she's singing and preaching and y'all clapping about how good she's singing, but she's not ready to be up there singing and preaching. Now don't let me get to the preacher. And what places I see him at. Look, there's big preachers. That I done heard tell stories of TV shows they like to watch. In the pulpit. And I'm thinking, Chief, you might not want to say that one. <laughs> That's not appropriate. It's certain things that if you when you caught up here, you don't take them up there. So as a kid, I don't I don't I'm not vibing with church. I don't like church. God I have no problem with because He'll save me if I get in trouble. He's proven that, even though I don't know him that good. But church, I don't really like church. I don't get none out of church. All the deacons, they smoke outside as soon as they get out. Oh, I'm not lying. That's what I, that's what I grew up seeing. You, matter of fact, you, you ushering me with this silver usher pin on, and you smell like you just got through smoking a mother cigarette. And the woman usher with the uniform on in the back is the meanest person. <laughs> I have ever been around in my life. Jesus. Yeah. You're trying to get me Jesus and you need him first. You, everybody move and let her get to the front of the line. I don't have that much confidence in church with this type of stuff going on. Amen. So you ask me how was church? Hmm. That's all you're going to get. So for me, church is different. It plays a role. When I, one of my first encounters at church was... Did I receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost? And it broke bondage off my life. It made me able to do what I couldn't do. That was one of my first encounters with adult church. As I stood in a spot over here and they prayed for me to receive and I would look down at myself, I look at my mouth, I'm something's talking, somebody's coming out of my mouth and I'm not the one doing it. I started it. But I wasn't carrying it. My jaw was moving. And I was watching it happen. I'm like, who's taking control of my mouth? It it wasn't just the the tongues. When when the tongues scared me so bad, I fell down. (laughs) 
Like the hypocrites, everybody who fell down before in church, that's not real. They're hypocrites, it's fake. They, they, they staged that. I guess I'm part of the staged group now. So I fell down, but the difference was when I got up off the floor, I didn't feel like I had to be a criminal no more. Oh. I was changed. That was the difference. That's the first time in my life I ever desired change and felt like I had the power. That was the first time I ever felt like I had the power to stop being what I was. Matter of fact, I didn't feel it. I knew it. Amen. I always wanted to be, I always had this fascination with God. Always. I always talked to him and whatever. I didn't understand him. But here's the first time I can connect with the one I've been talking to since I was a kid. This is real. And it changed my life so radically that my ministry was born that day. I didn't know about my Bible. Only thing I knew is what I was and what God did to me and how I believe he's real now. So I started staging events so I can tell people about that experience right there. I knew how to stage events from the world. We used to promote events in the world. So I started promoting events. I didn't know no scriptures or really John 3.16, really. Half of that. But I know what happened. Listen, God's real because I went to church and I was a criminal and, and this thing happened to me right there. And that's what I used to tell people at our outreaches. And people got saved. I didn't know nothing about running no ministry. How are we supposed to pay for it? I just, well, I got to get a job now and take my checks. And, oh, we got bills at home? I thought we were supposed to give all this to God. <laughs> That's what I would do. We always had problems at home. i take the whole paycheck and put it in the... We got to tell about God. That's what the Bible says. Go into all the world. I got that scripture quickly. I... There's a difference in just showing up at church... And having an encounter with God. Yes. Some people are content. I don't know how many times you heard me preach this. You say, dude, you always say that. I'm going to keep saying it because people still ain't getting it. There's a difference in showing up at church and having a relationship with God. Yes. You can show up at church and they can have coffee and donuts. At our church, they have coffee and donuts. When you come into the back, it's in the foyer. There's a person standing at every place to welcome you and give you coffee and donuts. And then they come and sit you down and everything is the way it's supposed to be. And you know, our, our preacher, your preacher, how long does your preacher preach? 45 minutes, 50 minutes? Now I've been in your church, dude, sometimes they take an hour. I've been there. Just the preaching part takes an hour, dude. We're out of there in 30 minutes. Our pastor, sometimes he gets the job done in 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah, 25 minutes. And then everybody leaves out and they're always got stuff, gifts and stuff for us. You know, leave out of there stuff that people's donated and they give us gifts and stuff like that. So we've come to church. The worship was 15 minutes. The preaching was 25 minutes. We got donuts before we went in and they give us gifts on the outside. You ain't telling me how long it took you to eat that donut, though. You're not complaining about that. You got everything on the clock except you eating them donuts. You spent 15 minutes out there eating them donuts. You didn't put that in the schedule. Oh, that's because that was that's not a part of it, dude. It's a part of it, chief. So you went there and you spent this quick time with God and left out of there and you really didn't change. I'm not saying you can't change if church do it in an hour like that. That's fine. You can't. But if, if the thing is to make you so comfortable and that's the first order of importance and you never connected with God, you got a problem. Listen, I want you to understand some things about church are scary. They should be. It should be because it challenges your norm. Supernatural is always, that's why there's always a spookiness to the supernatural, 
Right? <laughs> if sometimes you don't get shook up in your church, something ain't going right. Did you see that woman in there screaming? What was that about? There's some deliverance jumping off over there. You don't know about that, do you? The, the Bible says that the disciples, when they was in that boat and Jesus came walking on the water, they all were scared. They said, man, it's a, you don't believe this. Jesus ain't here and there's a ghost or something coming our way. It's dark. It's dark outside, dude. That's why it's dark. He's not dark, it's dark. So then he comes over there. It says they thought he was a ghost. Why? Why did they think Jesus was a ghost? They had been around Jesus, but they never saw Jesus like that before. That's right. We ain't never seen, this is our man. Who hung out with us and t- t- taught us and prayed for people. And now our man is coming in the night walking on the water. Our, our man? What are you doing out there, our man? You can walk on the water? You can do that for real? We didn't know our man could do that. So you're used to dealing with God a certain way. And then when God comes another way, it spooks you. Or it scares you. You could have been around church your whole life. One of these type of situations I described that I grew up in. Or in these other comfortable situations. And you ain't never seen God come out like. Ooh, he spoke in tongues at the church. I thought the dude was cool until he did that. Now I know they're all crazy in there. <laughs> well, maybe it's you ain't never seen God like that. Listen. I gotta, I'm not going to finish, but I'm going to. I'll do the rest of it next week. So watch this. Spooky. Speaking in tongues. Spooky. That scare you. That scares you. That scares you. What about the whole point of the spirit of God living on the inside of you? Before we even got to the speaking in tongues, that don't scare you? That don't scare you that there's somebody else living in you when, when you become a Christian. There's a, a being inside of you. That don't scare you? But that shook you up. But you just invited somebody to come live in, inside of you. Come on now. And that don't scare you? If you, you should have been scared at that point. The man said he wants to come live on the inside of you. The man didn't say he's going to walk with you. He said, listen, listen, wait a minute. The, if we just spend some time thinking about this thing, the whole story is crazy. The dude showed up in the form of a baby, born to a woman who had never had relations before. They said that this is God's baby that the woman is having. The woman has God's baby. They run around from the crazy king who wants to kill God's baby that the woman who ain't never had relations had. They had to have God's baby in a manger. Wow, you what? This don't make no sense. God's baby ain't going to have the rich garden. It's God's baby. Well, at least going to go to the temple and have a baby somewhere over there. You got the baby in a manger. So the baby grow up, he's 12 years old, and he go down there and they done left him behind. <laughs> Preaching at the place with the men. And he come back and tell his mama that it's got to be about the business of God. So he got a crazy 12-year-old child, preacher, kid preacher. 
grow up and come across these dudes fishing and talk them into using their boat. And they get out there in the boat. They couldn't catch no fish. And now he makes almost the boat sink. And then he tell them to leave the money? Yeah. Are you crazy? <laughs> it said, wasn't the man about to quit on the fishing business before he came? Now he hit it big and Jesus told him to leave the money? Then they go around these different places preaching. And, and then he got prostitutes rolling with him. Ex-prostitutes is part of the team. He's inside of the rich people. Part. The preacher then went to the party. And the good church folks don't even want to come in the door. And then he started telling stories at the party with the rich people. About two men that had two sons. He's just telling stories. And he's going around and you say that such and such his cousin he had never saw. He spit in the dirt. Spit in the Come on, man. Spitting in the dirt and wiping his face. Now, ain't nobody spitting over my face. Ain't nobody spitting. This, this dude, this dude you talking about? Now, y'all serve? Spitting in, in folks' faces. You know, we add something to it. Right. Spitting in folks' faces. So then when they came to get him, the dude stepped up with the sword and wanted to defend him and cut one of them off. Why come everybody else didn't jump in and at least put up a fight? But he stopped him and put the dude ear back on and let him take him. Got him over there, took him, and whipped him the meat off his back. They asked him questions. He could have saved himself. He didn't do it. I thought you said he was the savior. He didn't save himself. They put him up on the cross, took him down, stuck him in the grave. They came back a few days later, and he was gone. Where did he go? So then all the people was crying because he let the people kill himself. Why are you feeling sorry for him anyway when he let him do it? The people crying. He came back and he told him to go wait in a room to receive a promise that he wanted to give him. So then it came, the promise came and it said that it looked like fire came and sat on everybody's shoulder. And the people started talking like the preacher at the cross church was. And it said they were filled with the Holy Ghost. See, the whole story don't make no sense. If you look at it like that. But the, the, the point of the thing is, is that there's something inside of you that is hardwired to connect to that crazy story. Yes, sir. Amen. There's a slot in your computer that's only made for that story. No other story will fit in that slot. No matter how crazy it sounds, if you will insert it into said slot, your computer will correct itself and do what it's supposed to do. Yeah, hallelujah. Though it may be scary at first, if you will insert the disk into said slot, the software will download onto your hardware and your system will be more complete than it was at first. We're missing without Jesus. Jesus is not always going to do what you feel like he should do when he feel, when you feel like he should do it. That's right. That does not make him no less effective, does not make the gospel no less true. God has a way that he does stuff. Yes. I'm going to end with this. Daniel prayed three times a day. 
We saw the fruit of that. We also saw when he went on what we call, and everybody does use it around January, and I'm, I'm, I'm uh, suggesting that the church go on the Daniel fast for the first 21 days of January, or whatever that looks like for you, whether that's vegetables or whatever, however you do. First 21 days of January, we proclaim a corporate fast. Whether you leave us to be the nine or you make the tenth, that's on you. This guy prays for 21 days to receive the answer that he needs from God. It took 21 days of the brother not eating hamburgers, enchiladas, pizza. The brother ate vegetables, rice, beans, nuts, these type of things. And he prayed along with it. Some people, some people think of, and I've learned there's a, a, a strategy that a lot of people are using called intermittent fasting. Anybody ever heard of that? Intermittent fasting is a strategy to lose weight, right? And I even use it as a weight loss strategy. So there are certain times of day where you, you don't eat, you fast. So Jimmy, uh, Jimmy Kimmel is one of the people who he uses. That's why he's, Jimmy Kimmel used to be this kind of like a plump little dude. Now he's super skinny. That's one of the reasons, one of the things that he did. So what this taught me is there's a difference. The Bible says, the Bible talks about prayer and fasting because anybody can do fasting. For whatever purpose. But God's system is prayer and fasting. Anybody can fast. God's system is prayer and fasting. So it took him 21 days of prayer and fasting. 21 days from a man who already was a prayer warrior. You would have thought that three times a day was enough. Man, this guy here is breaking record. It took him 21 days. But I want you to understand what happened in 20, what happened on the other side of 21 days. He got a supernatural breakthrough. We discount. We think that it was just a dude that came to see Daniel. We forget that this is an angel. One of the highest, if not the highest ranking angel. After 21 days of fasting came to answer his prayer. And the angel said, now watch this, watch this. The angel said, from the moment, prayer warrior, that you opened up your mouth to pray, we started headed your direction. But you remember that guy, the devil, the prince of Persia, they call him. He tried to impede or stop us from getting to you. But there was nothing that was going to stop us from getting to you except you, man of God. You would have been the only thing, man of God, to stop us from getting here. But instead, your prayer, watch this, your prayer power, your prayer persistence in praying and fasting, even when you weren't seeing anything happening, there were things happening behind the scenes that you couldn't see in the natural. So every time, every meal you sacrificed, Every time you knelt and you spoke and you prayed, you were pushing power behind us to make it to you. This Bible, they stopped me. Now, what if the brother had stopped on day 20? 
Maybe it would, maybe they would have still showed up, but it maybe it took another 10 days, 15 days. What I'm saying to you is, what do you have that you need breakthrough in that you need to push through in your prayers? What are you dealing with and settling for that you won't push through in your prayers and get canceled? What? This word's for you. I'm talking to you right now. What is it that you need to push through in your prayers and grab and don't let go until you see the breakthrough? What is it? You believed. The devil can't take your belief, but your belief has to be fueled by your prayers. But God, I believed. And this happened to my son. But God, I believed. And these things happened to me. You're not the only one it happened to. There's power in your prayers. And whether it takes 21 days or longer, you got to stick with it. You're a fighter. And you don't have to tolerate it. You don't have to put up with it. You can see it happen, what he promised you. Everything you read in the Jerry Seville books, you can have it. But you have to pray. At this stage in my life, I have I have fought for this, what I'm telling you right now. Before I came here, I, my life went this direction. I got here and I got busy. And my prayer intensity fell off. And I felt like I was drowning. And one thing I learned is that number one, prayer requires the grace of God. You can't just be a a prayer warrior, a prayer person, it, God has to give you the grace. If man, Listen, if God wakes you up in the middle of the night, I want you to understand something. That's a gift. If God is calling you to pray at different times, that's a gift. If he allows you to intercede and pray for other people, you're a person that can pray. It's a gift. Don't think that you're just a good person. I'm a, no, that's a gift. That's a gift. And don't ever take it for granted. Because the same way it's here and you have the grace for it right now, if you keep ignoring it, that grace may dissipate and it's going to be difficult for you to get it back. No person is good enough. I'm Because I'm so good. I'm, no, you ain't good. Whatever you do is by the grace of God. We're going to finish this next week, but I want you to understand something. There's nothing that you can't have, no victory you can't have, no breakthrough you can't receive if you will persist in your prayers. That means however long it takes, we push it through till we get it. We push it through till we get it. Jesus was in the garden. And he told the disciples, he said, why are you sleeping when you should be praying? 
Why are you sleeping when you should be praying? He went away three times and came back and they were sleeping. He asked, why are you sleeping when you should be praying? What I want you to take from that is Jesus withdrew, number one, Jesus withdrew to pray. Jesus withdrew to pray. Then he came back and asked the disciples why they weren't praying. The natural train of thought goes to, I don't need to pray. I'm with you, Jesus. You're right here with us. I don't need to pray. Look more closely at the situation. Not only is Jesus telling them to pray, but he himself is praying. Why? Because we have a part to to play in what we receive from God. This is God incarnate, the Son of God, having to pray himself and telling the disciples that they need to pray. You mean to tell me if Jesus prays, Jesus prayed, you don't have to pray? You don't have to pray if Jesus had to pray? No way. No way. If Jesus had to pray, you sure have to pray. Let's stand on our feet this morning.